the spirit of glory. He's the spirit of Jesus. He's the paracletos. He's the Holy Spirit. He's our helper, our strengthener, our counselor, our comforter, our teacher, our instructor, our trainer. He's the enabler within us. So he enables us even to do everything that is in line with his will and purpose for our lives. He's the Holy Spirit. Wherever you are this morning, please rise to your feet and receive the ministry of the Holy Spirit afresh. I said, wherever you are this morning, please rise. I said, please rise to your feet and receive the ministry of the Holy Spirit upon your own life. As for the ministry of the Holy Spirit upon yourself, say, Holy Spirit, minister to me this morning. I need you, Holy Spirit, to minister to me personally. Minister to me individually. Strength where I need strength. Excellence where I need excellence. Uh, yes, favor where favor is needed. Training where I need training. Sharpening where I need to be sharpened. Empowerment where I need to be empowered. Counsel where I need your counsel. Comfort where I desire your comfort. Help where I need your help. Where I need your help. Some people are at crossroads. You don't know what to do. You don't know which pathway to follow. Receive clarity. Receive clarity. Ask the Holy Ghost to give you clarity. Clarity this morning. Clarity. And some issues have been ongoing for long and the waters are not settled. The waters are not settled. Receive calmness. Receive the intervention of the Holy Spirit for calmness this morning. Calmness. That your waters will be quiet. That your waters will become still. That your waters will become gentle and peaceful. No more steering of the waters. No more roughened waters. Holy Spirit of God, what can we do without you? There is nothing we can do without you. We need you this morning, Holy Spirit. We need you this morning. We need your ministry upon our lives. We need your ministry in our situations. We seek your intervention in our bodies. Some are sick. We desire that you heal them. Some are weak. We desire that you strengthen them. Some, Lord, are discouraged. We desire that you encourage them. Some are confused. We desire that you cause the light of your will and counsel to shine upon them. Lord, some are in need. We ask that you make provision available unto them. Holy Spirit, we receive your ministry, your ministry unto the people of God in this place this morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you. For it is uh, as you will this morning. And let every hear, hear the word of instruction. Let every heart receive the commune of revelation. Yes, let every eye behold your glory and the expressions of your glory. Yes, let every life be inspired afresh by you, Holy Spirit. So let none, none who receive your ministry here this morning be ordinary. Let none who receives your ministry here this morning be ordinary. I refuse to be ordinary. I will not be subsumed in the ordinary. Lord, ordinariness is no longer part and parcel of my life as I encounter the Holy Spirit afresh even today. So teach me new things. Take me to new territories, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, it's our prayer this morning that no one here will fail in life. It's our prayer this morning that no one here will live in regrets or in sorrow in the name of Jesus.
It is our prayer this morning that everyone here will live a fulfilled and satisfied life and the beginning is now in the name of Jesus. It is our prayer this morning that Lord, you will breathe upon us and everyone will enter a new dimension of freshness and refreshing and rejoicing by the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Can I hear a louder amen, please? I need to be sure that you are there. You may be seated. Amen. Please welcome your neighbor to God's presence this morning. Your neighbor to your left, your neighbor to your right. Stop looking. Help me tell somebody. Stop looking up to men. Help me tell somebody. You must tell somebody. Look at the neighbor. Stop looking up to men. Start looking unto the Lord. Tell that person. Start looking unto the Lord. As you look up to men, oh, sorry. As you look up to God, he will lead you to the men. As you look up to the Lord, he will lead you to the men. But some of us have been looking up to men. Your direction has been horizontal. Mm -mm. Let the vertical so pretend over the horizontal. Is that okay? So you and God first, and what he now says will determine what you do in the horizontal. Am I, am I communicating this morning? Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Two Sundays ago, we started a series titled Avoidables. And I did say then that I'm not under any rush because it's an, uh, it's an episcopal message. It's a pastoral epistle, if you like. You know, so it, it is like uh, Father and child, you know, receiving from one another. So it is instruction time. And we have said avoidables are situations and circumstances that we can lay aside, that we can avoid, if I can use that word, that we can nullify and abrogate and not have to go through them. The essence of that is this, we can live life without regrets, without pains, without sorrows, if we will do what is right. Because many times you find people say, if I had known, if only I was wiser, if only I was sharp then, you know, people say such. Have you had such expressions that people have said before? If I had known then, if I knew what I knew now, then I won't be like this. Have you found people say that before? So they're simply saying, I missed some opportunities. I missed some good fortunes. There were some openings that I missed in life. Now the idea is this. No more of such statements from our lives. No more of such situations concerning us. Because the intent of this is for you not to miss your seasons anymore. So tell yourself, I refuse to miss my seasons anymore. I refuse to miss my times anymore. My times and my seasons, I will maximize from today. Whatever age you are, you could be 80. At the age of 80, maximize your times and your seasons. At 85, maximize your times and seasons. So what's going to happen to 35-year-olds? You better maximize because you have longer time to go. People like us, we are not, there is really no desire to live more than I have lived already. Are you getting it? The number of years I've lived. 
You want me to live that same number of years again? Possible. What am I looking for? Amen. Praise the Lord. You know what it means? I'm closer to where I'm going than where I'm coming from. So, and I'm still toying with life, trying this, trying that, trying this, trying that, when time is short. But if you are still 28, be trying this, be trying that, and you think that you are young. Listen, the meter is reading. Time is going. It's a consumable. It's a wasting asset. It keeps going. It keeps going. People say, I'm killing time. I'm just here chilling to kill some time. No, you don't kill time. Time kills you. Who is with me up till now? <laughs> Amen. So, two Sundays ago, we looked at the place of warnings. When you heed warnings, you'll be avoiding certain sorrows, certain pains, certain regrets in life when you heed warnings. When you heed a, a correction, you'll be avoiding certain pains, certain sorrows, certain mishaps in life. So, we talk about the place of warnings the place of corrections, and the place of guidance. How many of you remember that we talked about those three? The place of warnings, the place of guidance, the place of corrections. Now, let me quickly take us back to guidance. Maybe we won't open any scripture uh, for that because we have uh, a long way to go uh, this morning as time will permit us. But you see, <clears throat> guidance, the Holy Spirit has been given to us for guidance. We have the comforter, we have the counselor, we have the helper in the Holy Spirit for guidance. We have a teacher, the trainer, the enabler, the strengthener within us for guidance. There is nothing like you knowing what to do in life. The moment you know what to do in life, you are victorious. True or false? The problems and the challenges of life question our sense of what to do. Any problem you are confronted with in life is asking you to do something. Can I say that again? Any problem you are confronted with in life is asking you to do something. And the Holy Spirit is there to tell us what to do. Somebody said every problem you go through in life reintroduces you to yourself. Because that is when you dis discover the fiber of what you carry. Hallelujah. When things are not going well, what do you do? When, like they say, there is fire on the mountain, what do you do? So the Holy Spirit is there to tell us what to do. Whether in your business, whether in your academic pursuit, whether in your marriage, whether in your neighborhood or community, he tells you what to do. So guidance. Guidance. When there is guidance, the guidance of the Holy Spirit, we will know what to do. So the Holy Spirit is there to guide us. And when he is come, even the spirit of truth, what will he do? He will guide us into all truth. Guidance. Some miss it big time in that area. They begin to go to different kinds of places to meet different kinds of people for guidance. They want to get married. They go somewhere for guidance. They want to take up a job. They go somewhere for guidance. Many years ago, um, about 38 years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, about 38, 19, 1987. What's that? 36. 36 years ago, about 36 years ago. A senior aunt of mine and I, you know, she was offered an appointment. You don't know her, don't worry. 
She was offered an appointment. She was working in the Accountant General's office. Or your state then. She was like next to the Accountant General. And then an offer came for her to move to another parastatal of government as the head of finance. And uh, this was 36 years ago. And uh, I was her, you know, younger nephew. We used to go together. Because way back then, my auntie had a non-resident husband. Some people have non-resident husbands. Amen. A husband that is not there. It could take off for three months, one long year. By the fifth month, he can show up for two days and take off again for another six months. They asked one of the daughters one day, where is your dad? He said, oh, 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 he has gone again. My aunt gave birth to five daughters. She's doing well today. But way back then, I remember. So when that offer for that opening, you know, came up, she said, Tolu, Tolu, you take me somewhere. So I said, where are we going? She said, there's a pastor somewhere that she wants to pray. So she wants him to pray for her so that she will know whether to stay in AG's office or whether to take that new employment. Hallelujah. So I took her there. I didn't enter. Man was in the car. She went and prayed. She said, Baba Sokwe, oh, all right. Some of you, you have places you go for guidance and you consult Baba and Baba will Sokwe, Mashe, and Baba will say Loshe, and Baba will say Mamuye, and Baba will say Muye, Baba See your father, don't you understand who you are if you are a believer in Christ? If you are an unbeliever, whatever you do is okay by you. But you have the Holy Spirit within you as a believer, a child of God. And you are still looking for Baba Sokwe. Some of you are waiting for the remaining part of the story. I won't tell you. Like just. But you know what? She, she picked up the job in that other place. She you understand. And I was her personal assistant. Hallelujah. As PA, what do you think I was doing then? Amen. So when contracts were coming out, I was the one executing the contracts. Hallelujah. So I will come in there, I'll say, good morning. I say, oh, Mr. Kusana, you are here. It's all right. Uh, could you wait in the um, waiting room for the, oh, my parallel? They didn't know that we are. <laughs> Hallelujah. Of course, we didn't do anything illegal. But then, maybe some of those things were unethical. Do you catch my drift? For those who understand some basics about ethics, there's something we call tendencies towards self-dealing and financial circles. Anyway, that's for another day. Guidance. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit. Please listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Please engage with the Holy Spirit. Please live with the help of the Holy Spirit. At times you are still thinking it. He gives you the answer. You know at times you are still thinking about that issue. He brings the answer. And at times you are asking and it appears he's silent. And he's been silent for 24 hours over that matter. You ask him again. Hallelujah. Be sensitive. Most of the time when that is happening, there's something you are not seeing around you. Amen. Because it speaks even with circumstances. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So guidance. If you receive his guidance, you won't walk in error. 
and you will avoid pain and sorrow and regret in future. Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. Aha. Uh -huh. So our warnings, don't forget corrections, don't forget guidance. So the place of warnings, the place of corrections, the place of guidance. Now there are different levels of warnings in life. There's the warning of family level. There's the warning of professional level. There's the warning of ethics. Ethics, what ethics demand from us. There's the warnings of a spiritual level. Let's quickly look at them, family level. You know, there are times our parents see things that we do not see. There are times and many times also that our parents know things that we do not know. There is a proverb that you may have clothes like the aged, but you can't have rags like the aged. How many remember that, pro that proverb? You may have clothes like the aged, like old people. You don't have the rags that they have. Why? They've been around for longer than you. In those rags are the experiences of life that they carry. Many times uh, those who are older than us, or better still, our parents, they see what we do not see. The child has ju is just learning how to walk. And the child is excited because, have you seen a toddler who has just started walking? They get excited when it's time to walk. Even with their unsteady steps. Somebody that is just learning to walk wants to run. And on this plane, he does not know that there's a depression there. He's running as if it's, he's still on the same plane. So the mother from there sees him from here, knows what he's about to do, will jump and pick him up before he falls here. And when they pick up our friend, he will start crying that they didn't allow him to walk. Some of us are like that. The father sees what you're about to do. He sees that you're about to enter a ditch and fall. And quickly, he arranges a situation to take you off that track. And you begin to wonder and you say, I won't pray for the next two weeks. God is very unfair. Uh -uh. I was almost getting there. And they moved me away. Oh. You didn't see the depression. So at the level of family, there are some things that go on at the family level. Warnings, warnings, warnings. You must have heard of cases. Maybe it has happened to you also. Somebody married somebody. But before they got married, the family was against the marriage. They said, don't do it. Don't go there. Don't try it. You, it's not going to work out. We have our reservations. No, Popsy, it's because you are old-fashioned. No, Momsy, it's because you, you are prejudiced. You don't understand how these things operate. Even our pastor said, go ahead. That is why I will never tell you to marry somebody. Neither will I tell you not to marry somebody. It's in your hands. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Because I'm not the one to marry that. Sister Balanda is my wife. Even Sister Balanda is my wife. After 31 years, I should walk when he, praise the Lord. Don't you know marriages, you keep walking it, hallelujah. You don't know, me marriage, you keep walking it, I'm a walk when you keep walking it, hallelujah. Don't you know salvation, we keep walking it, and walk when we, we walk salvation. Walk out your salvation every day with fear and trembling. Is that in the Bible or not? You walk it out. You see things you must not see. You go to a kuro. You are working it out. Hallelujah. They bring offers your way on your table. Oh boy, sign this thing. Let's become rich. Ah, that's what one man kept saying to my best friend. He kept saying to him, did they? Did they? Sofubo here. Let him sign that. Tobati sign kinie atidolowo. Yako sign it. Billions of naira was involved though. So even my friend will have made some cool millions from the court. 
when Gideon told me the story years after, he said to Luke, if we had signed that, I would have been in jail by now. So, you walk out your salvation every day. There are some things you don't sign. There are some meetings you don't attend. You are walking out your salvation. Hallelujah. Who is with me up till now? Avoidables. Avoidables. Some are in jail because they refuse to heed warning. Family level. So there are things that those above us know and that they see before we see them. And they give us guidance. Let's listen to them. Except what they are saying is against scriptures. That is when you don't listen. But as long as what they are saying can be established in scriptures, please listen. Hello, church. Please listen. Proverbs 6 and 20. My son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. Whatever your father says, listen to him. Whatever your mother says, listen to her. The Bible even says don't despise your mother when she's old. Hallelujah. By the time my mother was old, she had a stoop. You know what a stoop is? She was bent. So, mommy had become like this. She used to be tall, I mean, erect and firm. During the civil war, my uncle told me what my mom did during the civil war. So, his own sister. He was in need of an international passport to travel, and the war was going on. International passports were very scarce then. And people would line up for days in the passport office in Ikeja then. And uh, he got home one day and he told my mom, Sister, I'm fed up. I can't get this thing. She said, I will follow you there tomorrow. So my mother followed him there tomorrow. I said, Where is the passport boss here? They showed my mother the office. The man had not come. You know this, what they said my mother did? She sat on the man's uh, seat. She got there and she sat. He will meet me here today. They said, Madam, what are you doing? That's the seat of the passport control. I said, He will meet me here today. She went in a nurse's uniform. She, she was a nurse, so she went in a uniform as a nurse. I said, We are the ones protecting the troops of the Federal Republic of Nigeria. When they are shot, when they are injured, we treat them at the peril of our lives. My brother needs a passport, he's getting it, otherwise I'm not leaving this seat. When the passport controls, I say, Madam, what's the problem? I say, my brother needs a passport. I say, that's, that's all, that's all. That's how my, my uncle got his passport. Some, some people, they're in position. They don't even know how to use their position. I don't believe I understand how to use their position. Hallelujah. Okay, let's go on. So listen to that. So I was saying that my mother, when she, when she was old now, tough person like that, that I just described. By the time she was old, she had a stoop. So she was bent. And she was going bald also. Hallelujah. You don't understand, Pastor. Honey loves me. He loves my hair. Bushman drop here. The way my hair drops. and I, Oh, honey loves me. The time is coming. The air will fall off. It will be a gradual process. It begins from the front. You are wondering what's going on. Hairline, yem and recede. Don't worry, we'll give you some protein treatments to you. See, you understand? Iran. So when my mother was stooped and she was almost bald, 
Anytime I want to check on her, I will hold her hand with pride and confidence and say, my mommy, that's my mother. One day we were in church, you know, and uh, the preacher was preaching. They gave me a seat in front, being a pastor. I said, no, I'm going to sit at the back with my mother. So I sat at the back. My mother said, what are you doing here? I said, I came to sit beside you. She said, why do you not do it? I said, no. I said, you are here, I'm here. It's your mother. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Don't despise your parents even when they are old. They don't speak the grammar you speak. They don't understand the technology you understand. And you think they are old-fashioned. What they carry, only. Who is with me up till now? You know, I've said this is Episcopal. Amen. Praise the Lord. Avoidables. If we can hold on to some of these truths, they will shape our future. They will help you, especially young people. Amen. Okay. Professional warnings. Why do you think we call them professionals? Somebody will go to school, he will finish the academic aspect of his study, and then commence the professional aspect of his study. And when he comes out, he, he undergoes what they call articleship. When doctors finish from College of Medicine, and they now ask them to, uh, to pick a specialty, they undergo what they call residency. Ha. Residency training. It means you are a resident, you are living there. It means anything available under the sun, they will throw at you. They will use you like you are no man's business. You won't have a life. Have you been to A&E before and you see the registrar on duty or the senior reg on duty? At times it is their feet that are just moving. You know that this man is not here because he's been working for the past 24 hours and they still have not released him. They say, who, who, who did they bring? Let him wait. Somebody wants to die. Let me attend to that one. They say, this one is bleeding. He says, is he breathing? He says, yes. This one is not breathing. He says, let me go to that one. You know, <laughs> he's doing resident. He does that for many years. Finally, he comes up. One day, I was discussing with um, a consultant, a physician, internal medicine. And I said, after MBBS training and this rigorous training, why must you say, when you have your MBBS, we're now saying you qualify to be trained. After your MBBS. And you've done all this nonsense biochemistry. I don't even know biochemistry. Because you're my little. Praise the Lord. You know, all those bonds, bonds and structures. C, H, C, A. Ah. Finish all that. <laughs> they say now we can train you as a doctor. All things when equal seven years. Now they say we can train you as a doctor. So that person is a professional. And he's telling you something. Say, madam. From the results of your test that I can see here, you need to cut down on your sugar intake. You need to cut down. <laughs> Hallelujah. You need to reduce your salt intake. He said, Kenny, say, my mother will put salt in her food after they've cooked the meal. And I'm the child of my mother. So. <laughs> You think that person does not know what he or she is saying? Engineers will look at your building under construction and they will tell you there is an error somewhere that we need to correct. And you say, eh, but uh, we are following the design. Eh, there was an error in design. Don't worry, let's, let's do it because you don't want to spend the money. The money you fail to spend then, you will spend later when something happens. But the thing is, may no life be lost because in engineering, 
civil engineer and structural engineer, they say safety first. The architect will come and the architect will say, you've varied my design. The engineers will say safety first and then they start fighting. When this building was under construction, it happened. The architect came and he said, how can you put a beam across? That's not the design. And uh, the engineer said, safety first. It's a public building. Many people will be entering the building. Some will be standing on your feet and jump and shout hallelujah. By the time 400 people are doing that blah, 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 on the decking. If that deck is not standing well, people say, well, something sounded last Sunday. I won't go this Sunday. Can you do something? <laughs> hallelujah. When they give you counsel, professional counsel, listen. Whether for your health, whether for construction or finance, the average business person in our space does not understand money dynamics. Did you hear what I said? The average business person in our space does not understand the dynamics of money. You say, Pastor, I've been doing this business for the past 20 years. Honestly, I keep looking for more money to pump into the business. As I pump money in, it is not pumping money out. What is happening? And you, simple, you, sim you ask a simple question. You ask a simple question. How much is your working capital? They say, which one is working capital? How much is your fixed capital? They say, which one is fixed capital? Ah. Um, okay. Tell me what you have as your net current asset. They say, ah. And you say you are in business. And you don't know those basics about money. Yet, there are some people in business, they have native intelligence about money dynamics. Call us different names. Ijebu people, IJ people, Ijebunomics, they'll tell you this money, nobody must touch it. This one is for the next batch of stock we are buying. This one is so that when prices change in the market, I can add it to the stock that is on ground to buy, to replenish. So that at any point in time, I'm in business. Some people don't know that in business, it is not everything you see in your account that is your money. They say there is money. Let's, do, let's paint again. Some eat capital. They eat capital. And your financial advisors are talking to you. They say, is it not my money? I have an uncle. He's still alive. He's about 82 now, going to 83. He had a business in the 80s. The business was flourishing. He was connected with one of the military guys, and uh, he was doing very well. And he employed, you know, a financial controller and so on. And he, he would get to the office Monday morning, raise a check for two million naira for so and so. In 1981, two million naira. Raise a check for... So, at times that man will come and say, I'm not raising the check, sir. You say, why? He say, I've looked at the figures, sir. Uh, we don't have that money. How much do we have in the account? Tell him. So, how much did I say you should write? Why do you say we don't have... It's not... That money shouldn't be touched. Who employed you? Did you employ me or did I employ you? Eventually, he fired the man. He said, it just irritates me. Of course, the business went down. Subsequently. It did not just go down. It never came up again. It never came up again. So, professional warnings. Heed them. Therefore, our sakes. Uh, Proverbs eleven fourteen. 14. What does it say? Where no counsel is, the people 
four. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Ethical warnings, ethical levels of warnings. Society, spending. Some people, some parents spend their children's school fees. The child's school fees is for the child's future. You say, don't worry, I quickly borrowed your school fees. They even tell the child at that time and say, when your father asks you that has your school fees been paid, say yes. Do I sound familiar? Women won't answer. But if you are not guilty, you will answer. Do I sound familiar? Thank you, because some women do it. They say, if your father comes and asks whether your school fees has been paid, say it has been paid. Hmm? Say it has been paid. I quickly use the money. Your father gave me the school fees. Thank God for fathers who pay. Some fathers don't know whether the child pays school fees. They only see the child going to school in the morning. I say, bye-bye, bye. The child you are waving to, did you pay the fees? Say, bye, bye. Nonsense. But anyway, what am I saying? Ethical warnings. There's some barriers you don't cross. How can you spend your child's school fees on Ashwabi? You spend your child's school fees to buy jewelry. And so they begin to send the child out of school and say, don't worry, by the time I collect my salary, next month I'll pay it. And then salaries are delayed next month. Government did not get allocation from Abuja next month. There is delay. IPPS or whatever broke down. Salaries cannot be paid. And then you now go to the school and say, I want to write undertaking. And your husband must not hear. No. Christians, no. There's some things you don't do. No. You have a lifestyle of alcohol, alcohol. You must just shack booze every day. You say, even if I don't have money, I know today I'll be taking care of my friends. Our boys, the boys are there. They'll look after me. That is not good. Praise the Lord. Listen, you can't live like that and be error-free in life. Praise the Lord. Did you hear what I said? You can't live like that and be error-free in life. My father was like that. Many years ago, he had different nicknames. These are nicknames that are influenced by alcohol. So you understand. Have you heard of such things before? Yeah. Yeah. And my older sisters know so much more that I don't even know. At times when they tell me, I say, ah, sister, are you sure? That was daddy's nickname. Say, uh. <clears throat> oh, Mobabe, you don't know your father. Yeah. So eventually he became a woman who was older than him, who had had five children somewhere and married her again. You can't live like that and be head offering life. So if they've been telling you, they've been telling, the Bible says, uh, he that is often rebuked and remains stiff-necked will perish. That person will perish. Hallelujah. Any small money you have like this, I saw Sister Tolu wear some uh, platform shoes the other day, you know. Uh, I think I need to get one. Then I just noticed that uh, out of all the shoes I have, none is suede. So I need to buy suede or skin or whatever they call it, you know. They have different huh? women and colors. On Friday, I had cockroach brown. Me, buddy. I had it for the first time on Friday. Cockroach brown. 
cockroach brown. Any small money you have, you're thinking, hey, hey, which color of shoes do I need now? And you know what? Ah, there's, a, there's one star that uh, Sister Bolali wore the other day. Now that this money has come, let me quickly. When last did you think investments? When money comes to your hand, how do you structure money? Which one is for maintenance? Which one is for regular routine? Which one is for capital? Which one is for future? So later on, let's say, hey, ah, let me tell you a real life story. There's a lady that my wife and I know. Uh, she's wife number three. Her husband uh, used to be a pilot. Well, he's still a pilot, but not as active as before. He was a pilot and was flying with major airlines. So she was a cabin crew member here, hostess. So it was easy for them to share you understand. Hey, get. You're not getting. Okay. So she became wife number three. And because she was in the airline industry, she would fly first class to New York. You know, four big bags, checked in luggage. She would do her shopping in New York City, you know, Manhattan. I mean, because her husband, captain, would give her money. $3,000, $5,000, then that for shopping. She would fly first class. She was living the life, enjoying the life. You understand? And, uh, but now, it's not like that. Because after her, captain picked wife number four. So, that person now will begin to say, ah, in my days. She's still alive. Oh. Say, in my days. First class, I used to fly first class to New York, first class back to Nigeria. Six suitcases. Ha, if you know the gold I had. But you know, one after the other, I started selling them when problems came. She never thought investment. She never thought future. Ah, can you be a tomorrow thinker today? Can you be a tomorrow thinker today? You are living in today, but you are living in tomorrow because you are thinking tomorrow. Otherwise, some pains, some regrets will come later on in life. By the time you begin to see opportunities that you should have maximized. Praise the Lord. Something happened to my mother. Let me quickly say that. By the time they traveled, their own generation, by the time they traveled out of a country for higher studies in the 50s, Nigeria was still a colony of the British Empire. I may remember in the 50s. Because we did not gain independence until 1960. So the passport they used to travel was the passport of Her Majesty the Queen. So she traveled. And late 60s, you know, she decided to come back home with her husband. So she came back home. And when she was now to return to the UK, after many years, she had, she had to go and obtain a Nigerian passport and apply for visa. Plus her work permit. Anyway, she did everything. Her NI number, national insurance number of the 50s was still there. So it was easy for her to enter the system and so on. And finally, they now said one day, that she should come for swearing-in ceremony so that she could be sworn in as a subject of her then majesty, the queen. But before then, somebody looked at her passport and said, Mommy, say yes. You've been a British citizen since 50s. I said, no. Mommy, see the passport you carry. It's the passport of her majesty, the queen. What you should have applied for 
had an issue, was your red passport, and not this one, but she didn't know. She would go and queue for a visa. And she went through all those things without realizing. So one day she now said, I'm rehearsing. I'm doing a test so that the things they ask us to say as we take oath of allegiance to the queen. She said, oh, Monko, I she a citizen. She didn't know. Don't miss your seasons. Don't be ignorant in life. Don't be ignorant in life. It's important. Anyway, ethical level of warnings. Spiritual, God's word. My son, despise not my words. Attend your ears to my saying. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are held to those that find them. Life to all their flesh. God's word is warning you. God's word warns us. God's word corrects us. Take heed according to God's word. This is how a young man will make his way pure. By taking heed according to the word of the Lord. God's word gives us warnings. But many times we don't listen. Your church gives you warning. This is how to live. This is how to evangelize. Pray. Have a life of studying God's word. What are you doing? What are your plans for study this week? What portions of scripture did you study last week? The revelation notes you took from your private study of the Bible last week. Where are they? When last did you review them? Amen. The message you had in church last Sunday. When last did you review it? The one you had two Sundays ago. When last did you review it? The one you had during anniversary this year. When last did you review it? What was the theme of the anniversary? Some have forgotten. Don't you know church is for training? Church is for instruction. Hallelujah. People think church is the place you come, Ogun She, Ogun She, Ogun She, Ogun, 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 Ogun. So they are Ogun conscious, they become Ogun themselves. The power within you, the power in you is greater than that Ogun. The Ogun will scare you. If you succumb to fear, the Ogun overcomes you. As long as you maintain your stand where God has placed you in Christ and in your inheritance, after a while, the Ogun bows. But people looking for solution to Ogun, Ogun, they enter wrong places and people take advantage of them. It's so sad. Did I say there is no devil? You're not answering. Did I say there is no devil? No, there is the devil. So, principalities, powers of darkness walk through personalities. I understand. So take, take authority over the principalities. But serve God. You are not to serve principalities. You are not here to be distracted by principalities. You are here to These people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. Who is with me up to now? <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. Still making a case, building up, building up. So, practical examples. Marriage. Who to marry? Who are you to marry? What do you see in that guy? What do you see in that lady? What do you see in that lady? What do you see in the future? What are your parents saying about that? Have you bothered to find out what they believe in that family? How they live in that family? Have you bothered to find out whether, excuse me, whether that guy fears his parents? Whether he, he loves his sisters? If Sisters, you want to marry a brother? Does, and he has sisters at home. Does he love his sisters? If he loves his sisters, he will love you. If he despises his mother and his sisters, <laughs> your cane is on top of the roof. They are roasting it. Praise the Lord. I, I kid you not. Hallelujah. That's how it is. You know, you know <laughs> it's funny how we reflect our past. Some way, somehow. True or false? We reflect our past. Some way, somehow. Many years ago, an uncle of mine, you know, 
He asked me a question. He said, Tulu, my wife says I'm not romantic. I said, eh. He said, but was Baba Lode romantic? Baba Lode is my own grandfather, his own father. He said, was Baba Lode romantic? He said, Baba Lode that had uh, God knows how many wives, you know, and how many concubines. Baba Lode had 40 children. So how can he be romantic? He said, something that I don't know how to do. I didn't meet my father do it. My, my wife is now saying, I'm not romantic. She said, was Baba Lode romantic? I said, oh, serious, oh, bros. I said, this is serious. He said, so I started, he started writing things down. How to love your wife. He put it in his clutch bag. So when he's in the office, he bring it out, he reads it a, a little again. He said, okay, okay, okay. He put it back. <laughs> that was his own solution. Amen. So sisters, you want to marry him, check his past. Because when you now marry, you say, eh, he's not romantic at all. Kubanli, he did, he did. At times, our expectations are higher than reality. See, when we marry, I will change him. I'm not saying marry him. I'm not saying don't marry him. Me, I'm simply laying all the cards on the table. Praise the Lord. Ah. Say, ah, Pastor, you don't understand. That guy is loaded. The guy is loaded. And you know, I come from a very, very poor background. So by the time I get married to him, everything will change in my family. I'll make sure I look after my mother. She suffered over us. I'll make sure I look after my mother. I'll make sure I look after uh, my brothers. They will go to the best of schools. None of them will stay in Nigeria. All of them will go to Yankee. All of them will go to Yankee. You know, that guy is loaded. So you are marrying his money. And at the end of the day, when the guy realizes that you are a gold digger, is he not going to show you his true colors? Avoidables. Avoidables. Let's be careful. You want to pick up a job because the pay is good. The pay is one thing. The prospects are another thing. You are picking up a job and there's no room for career growth and development. Do you think about that when you're picking up a job? You see, there are times you're picking up a job so that you can just look after yourself. But think career. Think future. I just said it. Think future. Praise the Lord. Think future. That organization, is there a career plan? Are they open to growth and development? Do they have a plan for the next 25 years? Is it a going concern? Because some one-man businesses, it is the man dies, the business dies. Or the man is old, he can't continue the business, that's the end of business. And staff must go wherever they want to go. In fact, there's nothing like severance package. You know, there are some employments like that. You get nothing when the business goes down. You get nothing. So let's be wise. Help me tell somebody, let's be wise. Hmm. Okay. Health. Foods to avoid at certain ages. The place of exercising. Ah, that exercise me, I can't do. I sweep the house. I mop the house. I cook in the kitchen. You think it's uh, easy? Ah, that's the exercise I do. I cook and I mop the floor and I, and I sweep. It's good, but it's not enough. When you are cooking and you are throwing meat in your mouth and playing music in the background, at times you sit down. You know, you know some of our mothers, some of our women, they sit and they are cooking. You know it's possible to sit and be cooking? Possible. Uh, it's because of uh, modern day cooking. Uh, you, praise the Lord. 
exercise, diet. Take note of those things. Build a culture of exercise into your regime when you are young. Don't wait till when you are old. Some of us have been exercising from our teenage years. And we're still doing that now. That is why when you see some of your mates in secondary school now, you would have passed by them. In fact, you almost prostrate for some of them and say, Good morning, sir. sir. And then the person calls you by name. And you look at the person, yes, sir. And say, You don't know me. I say, No, sir. Government called to say, hey, Ah, okay, you must have been my senior. No, we were classmates. Ah. Let you walk, go, taki, taki, bye. Ah. The guy will not exercise. Anything they bring, he will gauge. Lifestyle. Drugs. You know some people, they keep taking drugs. See, when I take my, see, I, I, don't, I don't stand in anybody's face. I don't hinder nobody. I, I just do my own thing, you know. I, t- I take my shit in my house, you know. I'm in my crib and I do what I want to do in my crib and that's it. And I go to church on Sunday, you know, I carry my Bible. I'm not in anybody's space, but that lifestyle will destroy you because it's addictive. After a while, if you don't take a shot, you can't survive. You can't function. You can't do anything. All the money you have will go towards that. Eventually, it will ruin you. Ruin you. Amen. So let's be careful. Lifestyle. Immorality. Sexual immorality. You are not married, and yet you can't do without sex. Who then are you having the sex with? You are not married, but you are sexually active. You go to the hospital. You complain about symptoms you are seeing. And the doctor asks, are you sexually active? And you say yes. And say, okay, madam, tell your husband. I say, I don't have a husband. Yeah, it's a reality. And there are people in church who are not married who are sexually active. Otherwise, Anton Awan, we're deceiving ourselves. That lifestyle will kill you. You can't go far. Believe me. It is not pleasing to the Lord. And it is detrimental to you as a person. Your values. Where will you place your values? In church, three different guys have slept with you. And you say you're a member of the accessory team. A member of choir or something. Or you ushers. So when people are coming in, you are the one they see at, at the entrance and say, ah. <laughs> hey. So what, how do we see you on Monday now? What are you doing on Monday? They are telling our own usher that. Praise the Lord. The time has come and now is the time. That Zion is calling you to a higher place of intimacy, a place of holiness and consecration. Drop sin. Embrace righteousness so that you can live a holy and a pleasing life. Why? Be ye holy, ye that bear the vessels of the Lord. Be ye holy. Holiness remains a commandment. Be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. So some, they look back at life and they see, oh, if only I had been careful with the kinds of friends I had, associations. And they told me, oh, but I didn't listen. Because those guys were good guys. Very friendly guys, very generous guys, but they led me into error. Some have been killed as armed robbers because they followed their friends innocently 
on an outing, not knowing that it was a robbery operation. And those boys are clean boys. Listen, ladies, ladies, when a guy is too clean, be careful. When the guy is too clean, he's almost spotless. Everything is in place. Every, be careful. You know why? The devil too is interested in those clean guys. Amen. So as much as you are interested in clean guys, the devil too is interested in them. Hallelujah. So it's better the guy is not too, too, too clean. Here you understand. So that you won't be contesting with the devil for the same person. Pastor, honestly, I'm saying the truth. Proverbs 13, 20. He that comes to the wise shall be wise, but the companion of fools shall be destroyed. Watch your association. Watch the company you keep. Bad friends. Some, some today, they're saying, if only I had heard. If only I was wise. If only I did what my mother... Some people, some of us growing up, you've been warned by your parents. Don't go out with that boy again. <clears throat> that is not the kind of friend to have. I was born in ECN. I don't even remember ECN. Oh, okay. Electricity Corporation of Nigeria. Yeah, ECN. Before it became NEPA, it was called ECN. I was born in ECN quarters. We had um, three flats on the right, three on the left. One house man was, was on the right, the, the, the ground floor. In the middle, there was one Igbo man who was born like this. You know? And then on top, there was another uh, person, another family. At some point, uh, be, right beneath us was another family. I won't mention their names in case you are related. Their father was always drunk. Always drunk. Tall man. Always drunk. He would come home drunk, beat his wife, you know, and so on. But all of them were tall in their house. All the children, tall. The father, tall. The mother, tall. Then one day, the man was fighting somebody. I don't know who he was fighting. You know Sokewe? He somersaulted on, on top of Sokewe with his head. He said, yeah, this man will die. I was a small boy. But I can't forget that picture. So, they grew up in an atmosphere of violence. So, how do you think those boys will live the rest of their lives? Violence will shape their world. The associations, you, you don't know where somebody is coming from. So, be careful the associations, the company you keep. Some, you enter into business with the wrong person. You can't escape whatever is coming. Believe me. So, let's be very, very careful. And because of all of this that we have said... Life for some is, if I had known, I should have. If I had known, I shouldn't have. If I had known, I should have done this. If I had known, I shouldn't have done this. That person is regretting already. By the time you say, if I had known. May that not be our testimony in the name of Jesus. Scriptural instances. Number one, Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel. Did Cain live a life pleasing unto the Lord? From his story that we know in the Bible, did he live a life pleasing unto the Lord? No, he did not. Because we see how God's judgment came upon him. Did Abel live a life pleasing unto the Lord? Yes, he did. Because we see the testimony of the Lord concerning him. So the lesson from the story of Cain and Abel is this. Avoid hate. Hate will breed bitterness. Bitterness will make you bitter. Because with bitterness you can never be better. Hate will breed bitterness. 
Bitterness will corrupt you. And you spread hate everywhere you go. And you cannot be better. So avoid hate as you go through life. Don't hate anybody. Avoid hate. Things to avoid. Avoid hate. Cain hated Abel because of the sacrifice. Can we read uh, some parts of that scripture? Genesis chapter 4. I'm using the New Living Translation from verse 1. Now Adam had sexual relations with his wife Eve and she became pregnant. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, With the Lord's help, I'll produce the man. Later she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. That was okay. But see what Abel did. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. How do you like that? Let's read again. And Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. Go back to what Cain brought. What did Cain bring? Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel, he brought also the best portions of the firstborn of his flocks. If it were you and I, which one will you commend of the two gifts? Somebody brought best portions of the firstborn. Somebody brought some as a gift. God is fair. So it wasn't God's fault that that's what... That, okay, let's read on. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Meaning Cain could hear God. He was a spirit man. He could hear God. Communion was going on. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door. It got to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. Child of God, you must subdue sin and be the master of sin. One day, Cain suggested to his brother, let's go out into the fields. And while they were in the fields, Cain attacked his brother, Abel, and killed him. The first time murder took place in the Bible. The first recorded case of a homicide in the Bible. That was it. Because of hatred. He just hated his brother. He despised his brother. Avoid hate. It breeds bitterness. And bitterness cannot make you better. You will always be bitter. Amen. Number two, avoid envy. Avoid envy. The brothers of Joseph were envious of him. Yes, he was immature, but that didn't call for that level of envy from his brothers. He was immature by, you know, keep opening his mouth. He kept opening his mouth to tell them, I had a dream. I saw the sun. I saw the moon. I saw 11 stars bowing down to me and so on and so on. Avoid envy. Avoid envy. There's even a saying, you know, I think it's a Yoruba proverb where they say, uh, there is no, there's no remedy for envy. There's no medication for envy. Am I correct? Okay, I'm not. It's all right. So avoid envy. Uh, let's look at that in Genesis 37. Ah, can we do from verse 18? From verse 18. Avoid envy. Ah, they paid for it. The brothers of Joseph paid for it. Let, let's do a little reading and then I'll say the rest. When Joseph's brother saw him coming, he came to look for them. His father said, go and check the welfare of your brothers. Because they were livestock farmers and they had gone grazing. They recognized him in the distance. As he approached, they made plans to kill him. They wanted to kill their own brother. 
the seed of Cain was flowing in them, the seed of murder. They didn't just murder someone. It was their own blood that they murdered. They had the same DNA. Anyway, they made plans to kill him. Here comes the dreamer that said, come and let us kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns. We can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. Can you see that? It was envy because of those dreams. But when Reuben heard of their scheme, who was Reuben? The firstborn, the eldest in the family. So of course he was meant to be responsible. When he heard of their scheme, he came to Joseph's rescue. Let's not kill him, he said. Why should we shed any blood? Let's just throw him into this empty cistern here in the wilderness. Then he'll die without our laying a hand on him. Reuben was secretly planning to rescue Joseph and return him to his father. That was his plan. So when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off the beautiful robe he was wearing because his father did not help matters. He had 12 sons. Even though he had a daughter called Dina. Is that not so? It was only one of them that he made a blazer jacket for. Why not? So parents, let's learn. You see, some, some siblings' rivalry in families is a direct cause from the parents or has a direct root in what the parents have done. Never you prefer one child over the other. Every child is unique. The one that is very troublesome, that troublesomeness is his uniqueness. This one can talk from morning to night. Oh, unique, no, no. that's his uniqueness. Praise the Lord. I'm, I kid you not. This one is very, very quiet and withdrawn. That's our own uniqueness. Amen. The same father and mother gave birth to them and they are different personalities. One is always complaining. That's his own uniqueness. The other one is always eating. You know, some parents say, the rate at which this boy eats, I'm, I'm scared. I need to take him to hospital, let them examine him. Maybe something is wrong with him. Somebody shouldn't be eating like this. That's his own personality. Let him eat. Believe me. So how come it was only Joseph that the father made that jacket, coat of many colors for? And his brothers hated him the more. Because Jacob was showing preference for one child over and above the others. Not realizing that in future, that will become a problem. And it became a problem for him. You know, every year that Joseph stayed away from home, Jacob mourned. He was away from home for not less than 13 years. Not less than 13 years. Jacob mourned. 13 years of mourning. Every day crying for his son. Remember when they told him that Joseph was alive? His heart froze. He said he's alive. They say he's alive. Because he had been mourning every day. He was part of that problem without he realizing it. Parents, let's be careful. Parents, let's be careful. You have three children, all three cannot be the same. There will be one of them that will even look like you. Go, when I say look like you, I'm not even talking about facial expressions. I mean your mannerisms, your temperament, and so on and so on. Just know it and keep that. You say you understand. It's true. Don't say because this one looks exactly like me. Or some of them can look like your own parents. He talks this way your father talks. Anytime you look at his face, you see your father's face. A lady told me, she's a grandmother now. She's almost turning 70. She never liked her father-in-law because there were problems in their family and so on and so on and so on. 
and her only son, her only son, looks exactly like her father-in-law. Her only son. So when he calls the boy and he looks at her, she sees the face of her father-in-law that she never likes. So for years she didn't like that boy. It was the face of that boy of the father? She didn't like that boy. She had to pray, to pray her way through, to overcome that barrier. The way the boy looks, the way he inclines his head, and the way he talks, he has a slight stammer, exactly like that Baba. Exactly like that Baba. <laughs> so these things are very, very practical. Let's be careful. Okay, so he said to them, why should we, I shed any blood? Because Reuben was secretly planning to rescue Joseph and return him to his father. So when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off the beautiful robe he was wearing. Then they grabbed him and threw him into the cistern. Now the cistern was empty. There was no water in it. Then just as they were sit sitting down to eat, they looked up and saw a caravan of camels in the distance coming toward them. It was a group of Ishmaelite traders taking a load of gum, balm, and aromatic resin from Gilead down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, What will we gain by killing our brother? We've had to cover up the crime. Or we'd have had to cover up the crime. Instead of hurting him, let's sell him to these Ishmaelite traders. After all, he's our brother, our own flesh and blood. Eh? And his brothers agreed. So when the Ishmaelites who were Midianite traders came by, Joseph's brothers pulled him out of a cistern and sold him and so on. Some time later, Reuben returned and he discovered Joseph was not in the cistern and he did not like it. See their regret. Do you know they regret that? They regretted that action. Uh, I don't have time. Uh, Genesis 42, 8 to 23, you can write it down. There, they had gone to Egypt to buy grain because of a famine that broke out. They did not know that the Lord of the land was their brother, Joseph. He looked at them, he saw them. But you know, he never opened up to them. In fact, the language of Egypt was different from the language that they spoke in the land of Canaan, where those ones came from. So he was speaking through an interpreter, meaning he already learned the language of Egypt. You understand? And don't forget, Egypt was the reigning civilization of that time. So he'll be talking to the interpreter. How many are you? We are 11. Uh, we, are, we, are, we, are, we are 12 brothers. One is dead and 11 of us, 10 of us have come. The last one is at home with our father. You say you are liars, you are spies. Until you bring that, your brother that you say is at home with your father, you are spies. We will charge you with espionage. You are going to jail. You will rot in jail. Say, ah, we are not. And they will prostrate again. And they will bend down and they will kneel. Some of them were kneeling and say, ah, ah, yes, ah, ah, That dream came to pass. They kept prostrating and kneeling. God is a wonder, believe me. That tells you, don't despise your dreams. Don't despise your dreams. Your dreams carry life. Don't despise your dreams. But eventually, he said, okay, one of you will stay back. Let the nine go. And when you are coming, you won't see my face if you don't bring your younger brother. So they took stuff. The father and the brothers enjoyed that one. Their wives and their children. After, after a while, everything finished. The father said, go and get green. He said, we told you. The man said, you will not see my face if you don't bring Benjamin. Okay, release Benjamin. If you don't want us to die of hunger, I said, no way. He said, Joseph is not. Benjamin, you want to take again. He said, Simeon has stayed back. All these things are against me. He didn't know that everything was working out for his good. Help me tell somebody, everything is working out for your good. Everything is working out for your good. Hallelujah. So the bout unto their brother. They envied him, but they did not know that that was working something out 
even for Joseph. So envy doesn't bear good fruits. Because at the end of the day, they bowed to Joseph. When Jacob died, after he had blessed all of his sons, after putting double upon Joseph, because Ephraim and Manasseh replaced Joseph, and he crossed hands and he blessed them. After doing that, and he died, and he said, I go the way of all the earth, and so on. Do you know the brothers of Jacob, of Joseph, came back to you and said, Joseph, please promise us that you will not uh, punish us for what guilty conscience was still with them. He said, ah, ah, am I in the place of God? Don't you know God sent me ahead of you to preserve life? This was not about you, it's beyond you. Don't you know guilty conscience? May that not haunt you. When somebody has guilty conscience, when you see the person you've offended, your heart will make Hallelujah. Your heart will make one day as a little boy. You know, you, you, I don't know, you know, technology has overtaken many things. We used to carry a, a bag of stones during holiday time, looking for lizards to kill. I don't know what I'm talking about, lizards. Looking for lizards. You kill the lizard, you'll be happy. So one day I just threw the stone. It missed the lizard. And the stone entered the main road. One policeman was driving. He was driving. The thing landed on his windscreen. The windscreen shattered. Ah, I heard. I was standing behind the tree. I dodged. I, the man came down, looked all over. Looked all over. I didn't see anything. Ah, he looked at the glass again. I said, hey, if my mother should hear, or my father, I'm gone. So I, 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 st- I did. My mother never had to. She died. My father never had it. Even my siblings, I never told any of them. It was only my partner in crime. There were two of us carrying stone. And, uh, it, was, it was the only one that, and I said, no, I said, no problem. That's how the man drove away. So anytime that man is driving in our neighborhood, or anytime I see a policeman, my heart will make, <laughs> if they know that, and the one that broke the glass of the auger, and the man was a, you know, senior officer. You, you, you know, Nigeria in those days, whoever is living in a house, their name will be in front of their gate. Group captain and Mrs. Gunwalk, NAF, you know, Air Force. Uh, Connie and Mrs. Uh, first uh, director of NYC, Omojoku, you know. You don't know Connie Omojoku, eh? Connie and Omojoku, Nigerian Army, you see, see this one, soldier. Uh, MPF, Nigerian Police Force. So I knew that man was a policeman. So any policeman I saw, in fact, they were not sensitive. Because if they were sensitive, they should have known that wrong with this boy. Guilty conscience. Guilty conscience. No, you don't need that. I'll take one more because of time. Avoid folly in life. Avoid folly. Some people, they are not wise and they think they are wise. They are foolish. Do you know everything David as king labored for? Everything his son Solomon consolidated, Rehoboam frittered away. David was the one that conceived the vision of the construction of a temple. True or false? It was a magnificent temple. Amen. The Lord said, you are a man of blood. You shed too much blood. He said, sir, help me. He said, no. 
The best you can do is to make provision for that temple. He said, yeah, I will make provision. So he provided gold in abundance, provided silver in abundance, provided bronze, bronze in abundance. Iron could not be counted. Timber, different kinds of materials. He now calls Solomon. Solomon, you are my son. You are a man of wisdom. The Lord has made clear to me that I won't build. But everything you need to build, take. So Solomon built. It was magnificent. The queen of Sheba came to behold the magnificence of the kingdom of Solomon. She saw the temple. She saw everything he did. She saw his dining table. She saw the sitting of his servants. She saw what was going on in the kitchen. They were killed many animals. Hundreds of animals per day to feed everybody in the palace. Every day was a party. Imagine every day as a party. Caterers were having money. Amen. Because they were cooking by roaster. You would do Wednesday. Somebody else would do Thursday. Everybody had money. The Bible says when the queen of Sheba said, she said, behold, half of it was not told me. The Bible says she said there was no more spirit left in her. Huh? She said this is greater than I, I could imagine. So that was the greatness of the kingdom of Solomon. And he ruled 40 years. First 20 years it was okay. Second 20 years old. But do you know Rehoboam got there? And through folly, somebody say folly, it destroyed all those legacies. It destroyed all those legacies. So how many times do we preach and refer to Rehoboam, if not for his folly? How many times do we preach and refer to King David? Because he served God, in spite of, in spite of his weaknesses and his foibles. Who is with me up till now? Praise the Lord. First Kings chapter 12 from verse 1 to 8. Let's quickly read. Because I'm talking about Rehoboam, and some people don't know the difference between Rehoboam and Jeroboam. Rehoboam was Solomon's son. Jeroboam was called the son of Nebat. He became one of the kings of a northern kingdom when the kingdom split in two. Now, 1 Kings 12 from verse 1, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Rehoboam went to Shechem, where all Israel had gathered to make him king. When Jeroboam, son of Nebat, heard of this, he returned from Egypt, for he had fled to Egypt to escape from King Solomon. Why? Solomon was a slave master. The building of a temple, he marshaled the laborers. He overworked them. The leaders of Israel summoned him and Jeroboam and the whole assembly of Israel went to speak with Rehoboam. Your father was a hard master, they said. Lighten the harsh labor demands and heavy taxes that your father imposed on us. Then we will be your loyal subjects. Rehoboam replied, give me three days to think this over. Was that wise or not? That was very wise. Give me time to think this over. Then come back for my answer. So the people went away. Then King Rehoboam discussed the matter with the older men who had counseled his father Solomon. What is your advice? Older men who had counseled his father Solomon. Counseled his father Solomon. Counseled his father Solomon. Take note of that. Counseled his father Solomon. Who was Solomon? The Lord appeared to Solomon in Gibeon because he offered a thousand bond offerings to the Lord. And the Lord said, ask whatever you want and I will give you. He said, let my Lord give your servant a wise and a discerning spirit so that I can govern your people for your people are great. That is what I desire from you, a wise and a discerning heart. You, you know, some people say he didn't ask for gold and silver. His father gave him that already. That was what he got from David. He didn't need gold and silver anymore. Are you getting it? He had those ones, because some people say, ah, I'll first ask, Ulua, USB, sir. Ulua, is, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> he 
He said, give yourself a wise and a discerning heart that I may know how to go in and out and govern your people. The Lord said, you didn't ask for houses and so on. He said, you have it. And the Lord gave it to him. And Jesus said that, behold, a wiser than Solomon is here. He said, the peoples of the nations of the world came from the ends of the earth to behold the wisdom of Solomon. That was how strong his wisdom was. He said, but he that is wiser than Solomon is here. So even Christ acknowledged the wisdom of Solomon. But Solomon, as wise as he was, had counselors. Hey, get me. How can he have counselors again? You would have thought that he was over and above everybody. No, he had counselors. He had counselors. That in itself is another testament of his wisdom. Amen. So Rehoboam discussed the matter with the older men who had counseled his father Solomon. What is your advice? He asked. How should I answer these people? The older counselors replied, if you are willing to be a servant to these people today and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your loyal subjects. But Rehoboam rejected the advice of the older men and instead asked the opinion of a young man who had grown up with him and were now his advisors. Do you see what he did? He rejected the advice of the older men. He went to young men who had grown up with him, who didn't know more than himself. They were at the same level. And those were the ones that he asked. What is your advice? Verse 9. He asked them, how shall I answer these people who want me to lighten the bodies imposed by my father? The young man replied, this is what you will tell those complainers who want a lighter body. My little finger is thicker than my father's waist. Yes, my father laid heavy burdens on you, but I'm going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips, but I will beat you with scorpions and so on. What happened? He lost his influence, lost 10 tribes, lost his loyal subjects. He was holding on to just one tribe in the whole, lost the glories and the legacies of his father. Why? Because he was foolish. Don't be foolish as you go through life. Be wise as you go through life. The seasons of life, the times of life call for wisdom. Be wise. Be wise. You can touch it. Be wise. Be wise in your place of work. Be wise as you engage with men. Be wise over your pursuits and your projects. Be wise with the resources the Lord brings your way. Be wise with the men that the Lord has called into your life. Be wise with the family the Lord has called you into. Be wise with the sin syndrome, the Jackpot syndrome, the Jackpot syndrome. The JP syndrome, be wise with it. Be wise with it. Some will not tell you what their plans are. It's okay. And then they end up having their fingers burnt because they did not consult widely. Ah, be wise. Be wise with Jackpot. Hallelujah. Be wise. Be wise. Always ask the Holy Spirit. He's a spirit of power and might, wisdom and counsel, knowledge and understanding, discernment and the fear of the Lord. Isaiah 1, Isaiah 11, 1 to 2, you know, asking, be wise, be wise, be wise with your wife. Ah, the Bible says we're to deal with our spouses, our wives with understanding, be wise. Wives too must be wise with their husbands, be wise, amen. Some will tell you if I'd handled things differently, I would not be single today. Because wisdom was absent. Be wise. Be wise as a student. Somebody was telling me the other day, when he was a medical student, he was also a sportsman. A sportsman, medical student. He will engage in sports. You know, daytime, 
but he said at night he will never miss it whether he had a test or not 8 p.m. to 12 midnight he will study 12 midnight he must go to sleep because tomorrow is another day and they will do tests and all of his friends that they were doing sports together in medical school will score low marks and he will keep scoring high marks one day one of them came to me and said oh boy what are you doing that we are not doing we play uh, this thing together volleyball and so on we do it together what is your secret tell us he said there is no secret he said I read what time do you have to read because they after their exercise they are tired they get back home they sleep they eat uh, they eat and sleep and it's the next day he said no he said he was strategic with what he was doing when you are talking about being strategic you are talking about being wise be strategic with life be wise with life don't follow the flow and think that you all are on the same page some people are doing some things that you don't know be wise praise the Lord be wise there must be nothing free around you engage every resource hallelujah no free money amen somebody called me two weeks ago so I said pastor I, I, my house rent is 250,000 I have 150,000 I need 100,000 so that I can balance up quickly loan me in come, 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 come. I said unfortunately I don't have but if and it is unlikely I will have 100,000 that is free he said what do you mean he said God forbid I, I said no, it's not I'm not crossing my it's, it's unlikely I will have 100,000 that I've not put to work put it to work Put it, if you are sowing it as a seed, you are still giving it to work. Are you getting my point? Put it to work. Free money so that everything is free. Hey guys, they make fun of me. They are the ones sitting down stubbornly. You say, Daddy, hey, Daddy, everything must be planned for. Daddy, you can't just, you can't just come like that and say, Daddy, planning me. That's why she married me. If I'm a man that is uh, anyhow, she won't want to be Mrs. Anyhow. Hallelujah, Mr. Tabalan. They come in different names. Deputy Jesus, Assistant Jesus. The other day they call me Prophet Elijah. They, 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 it's okay. Hallelujah. Put it to work. Wisdom is profitable to direct. Fully cost Rehoboam the kingdom. Ten tribes. And those tribes were lost forever from that time. In the days of Jesus, they were referred to as the lost tribes of Israel. So the Samaritan woman he met in John's Gospel chapter 4, remember, the woman said, what are you asking for? You know, we Jews, you Jews, you have no dealings with us Samaritans, dating back to the story of Rehoboam. So sad. Let us pray. Avoidables. There are things we can avoid. If we live intentionally, if we live with the wisdom of God, if we live with the help of God, be wise, therefore, be wise. Don't be foolish, be wise. As, as, as we trust and obey the Lord, He will show us what to do. As we trust and obey the Lord, He will direct our thoughts, He will schedule our seasons. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. I will trust and obey for there's no other way.
is no other way to be happy in Jesus. Trust and obey. Two things. Trust and obey. Two things. Trust and obey. It is dark and it says step out. Trust and obey. It does not look like it and it says do it. Trust and obey. That option does not look like the favorable option and it's saying go for it. Trust and obey. That is how to be blessed. That is how to be happy. Trust the Lord. Obey his word. That is how to be happy. That is how to come out of that situation. Trust the Lord. Obey his word. Trust the Lord. Obey his word. That is how to come out of it. Trust the Lord. Obey his word. He will show you what to do. Trust the Lord. Obey his word. You will be promoted. They missed you out in the batch they did. Trust the Lord and obey his word. Yours is coming. It will be backdated. Yours is coming. It will be backdated. Trust and obey. Let's do it one more time. I will trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. One more time. I will trust and obey. another chance, is the God of many chances and it is my prayer that he will help you to recover your lost grounds that he will forgive you for the omissions of a past and that he will give you a fresh start so I want to ask the Lord for a fresh start for such people, a fresh start for such people, a fresh start made some mistakes, obvious mistakes. As the message was going on, you started seeing them. This area, that area, this area, that area. But the Lord can give you a fresh start. And you trust Him for a fresh start. If you are like that, just stand to your feet. You believe Him for a fresh start. Whether you're watching online, pray along with us. Fresh start. You're up on the gallery, you're believing for a fresh start. Stand to your feet. You're here in the main auditorium. Fresh start. Stand to your feet. He will give you a fresh start. He will give you a fresh start. 
you can have a fresh start. You can have a fresh start. It's called a new beginning. You can have a fresh start. And those who are standing say, Lord, I have faith and absolute confidence in your world. I ask you, therefore, for a fresh start today, a fresh start. Specify the areas. I ask you for a fresh start in this area, in that specify the areas. Those standing, specify the areas. As we pray, I have a leading to ask you to stretch your hands in front of you, those of you who are standing. Stretch your hands in front of you. Lord, let the power for a fresh start enter into these lives. Let your breath for a fresh start come upon these hands. And Lord, in those areas of life where they seek a fresh start, I ask for an opening up of the heavens and a pouring forth from the heavens, even upon their lives for a fresh start. Lord, we count it done. And they will rejoice as they see that fresh start manifest. Lord, things will happen very fast from now and they will have to run to catch up with you. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Every well, every well, you may be seated. Give him praise as you take your seat. Some wells have been stopped. You know, when they are stopped, they are blocked. Men will pour sand and, and stop the wells. That's how I can describe you. Some wells have been stopped. Ah, Some wells have been stopped. Yes, those were wells that were once flowing with water, but now they are useless. But I want to pray. I want to ask the Lord. You know, in the days of Isaac, he dug a well, the first well, and the men of, uh, what was their name now? Forgotten. You know, they strove with him over that well. And uh, he called it Essek. So he left that one, he dug another well. And for that, they strove with him again. He called it Sitna. But he did not stop digging. He dug another well. And for that one, they did not strive with him. It was a well of running water. He called it Rehoboth. He said, for the Lord had made room for me in the land. The Lord had made room for me in the land. And praying that the Lord will bring Rehoboth your way. Everyone whose wells have been stopped. I'm asking the Lord to bring you to Rehoboth. I'm asking for the anointing for Rehoboth to rest upon you. I'm asking for the wisdom of Rehoboth to rest upon you. I'm asking for the grace of Rehoboth to rest upon you. In the name of Jesus. If I prayed about you, stand to your feet. If I prayed about you, stand to your feet. Mark them. Mark them. Mark them, Lord. Mark them. Mark them. Mark them. Mark them. Mark them. Rehoboth, your portion. Lord, thank you because they'll be careful to return the glory to you because it shall happen. So don't forget, come testify. Send in your testimonies as the Lord gives you your turnaround. You may be seated. God bless you. If you are sick in your body and you believe that the power of God will heal you, you can stand. You can stand. You are sick in your body and you believe that the power of God will heal you, you can stand. Somebody's left side is painful. It's like it, there's a sword there on the left side. You can stand in the name of Jesus. You can stand in the name of Jesus. Somebody has a hearing deficiency. You can stand. If you have any problem with your ears, you can stand. 
in the name of Jesus. Every handwriting of infirmity, every handwriting of sickness, we erase you with the blood. We erase you with the finished work of Calvary. We erase you with the authority of life that the name of Christ bears. And I say, be healed in the name of Jesus, every one of you, from the crowns of your head to the soles of your feet, be made whole now. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. You've been having accidents lately. One domestic accident, another one, you've been accident prone, in other words. In the name of Jesus, I command that yoke destroyed. I command that yoke destroyed in the name of Jesus. You had a dream and you saw yourself fall. You fell in that dream. You fell in that dream. It did not see the light of day. We cancel what the devil intended. We cancel it. We neutralize it. It will not see the light of day. In the name of Jesus. And help is arising this week. So for somebody, help is arising this week. Uh, they will look for you to help you this week. They will look for you to help you this week. In the name of Jesus, divine help will locate you this week. In all your undertakings, divine help will locate you this week. And with the wisdom of God, you will maximize that help. You will not lose out unto folly. You will make gain by wisdom. Thank you, Father. We count it done. We count it done. Somebody, as I was preaching, talking about money, your money is stuck somewhere. It's stuck. Your money is stuck somewhere. If your money is stuck anywhere, please stand up. Let's believe God together. In the name of Jesus, for those who have funds that have been stuck, funds, legitimate funds that have been stuck somewhere, let there be a shaking. The same way there was a shaking in the valley of a dry bones such that there was a rattling and bone found its own bone let there be a rattling let your breath come upon those funds let there be a release of those funds unto your children in the name of Jesus Father we thank you can you give them things that you should receive by faith say Lord I thank you I receive by faith and take your seat you're here finally time is gone finally you want to Surrender. You want to yield your heart to Jesus to be a child of a living God. You look at us in this assembly. We are happy people serving our God. Amen. We, we're not begged to give our lives to Christ. There's nothing in the world that we are missing right now because Christ is our sufficiency. The word of the Lord says, I'm completing him who is the head of all principality and power. We are completing Jesus, our Lord and Savior. So you are here this morning, you are saying, I want to belong to this group of people. I want to have what they have. I want to have the joy they have. Just raise up your right hand over your head. Everybody is praying, all eyes are shut, all heads are bowed. Just raise up your right hand over your head and say, Pastor, pray for me. I will pray for you, for you to come home and be a child of the Lord. Up on the gallery, down here, makes no difference. Online, don't look around. You just mean business, you and the Lord. Just raise up your right hand. If you are raising up the hand, let me see it. It must be. Hope so that I will know who to pray for. God bless that hand. Oh, God bless those hands. God bless those hands. If you are raising up the hand, raise it well. Be proud. You are coming to life. You are coming to light. You are coming to glory. In the name of Jesus. Who else? You are up on the gallery and you are raising up the hand. Raise it to the Lord. Now, those whose hands are up, just stand up and place that hand or those hands across your chest. Place the hand across your chest and say, Lord Jesus, today is my day of salvation. Please forgive my sins. Wash me with your blood. I take hold of every reason for which you died. Your life now is my life. 
your strength now becomes my strength. Your glory now becomes my glory. And I will serve you all the days of my life. Help me, Lord, in Jesus' name. I said, stand to your feet. I said, stand to your feet and place the hand across your chest. I want to pray for you now. In the name of Jesus, I pray for your son. I pray for your daughter. I pray for anyone online doing this. Lord, that you will accept them. Let your seal and your stamp of ownership come upon them. Reveal yourself daily unto them. Grant them grace to be grounded and rooted in you all their days. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. Congratulations. Can we just give thanks to the Lord and appreciate Him? Appreciate Him. I said give thanks. I, I didn't say clap. Give thanks to the Lord. Appreciate Him. Exalt Him. Lift up your hands and worship Him. He's everything to us. Worship Him. Worship Him. Good news this week again. Good news. Good news this week again. You will rejoice this week again. You will rejoice this week again. Many will join you to rejoice this week. Hallelujah.